big fella. Oh, <clears throat> agile. Look at that. Look at that. Come to balance, right? Welcome to the Elite Team Athletics Podcast. I got my guys Q and Tevin in here and myself, Kyle Coglatori. We got the superstar, Mike Morris. Thanks for coming in the building, man. Good to be here. Good to join you guys. Quite a nice, quite a nice space, I would say. Uh, vibey, vibey, very, right. very oh, cool. Yeah. No, that's, very that's, cool. That's the vibe we're going for. Yeah, like, very cool, man. I'm glad you came out. Yeah. You know, I want to talk about kind of your upbringing to start off. You're from Centerville, Iowa. Yes, I am. Uh, Southern Iowa. Southern Iowa. Yeah, Southern Iowa. You can. Um, the, a good way to put it is it's a good place to be from. It was a good place to grow up. A lot of working and hard lessons, uh, doing it the hard way. But I think it's I think it's a good upbringing, actually. Looking and back. your old man had a car dealership down there. Car Jack Morris Motors. <clears throat> Jack Morris, not the pitcher. They <laughs> had dark car dealerships. But, uh, yeah, Jack had a, had a nice little uh, Chrysler Plymouth. You guys probably are too young to remember Plymouth. But, uh, Plymouth and Dodge Trucks. So. Right on. That's a nice carryover for me later in life. Was he, I mean, you're a huge dude. You are a very large human being. Was your old man a big guy? Um, <clears throat> Mad Jack was 5 feet 10 and about 165 pounds. So where the hell did you get all uh, you? Where did you come from? I had I had huge uncles. For back in the day, I had really big uncles that were like 6'2", 6'3", 225. On your mom's side? Miners, my mother's side. Okay. Croatian guys. Big, roughneck Croatian guys. They were in the strip pits, mining coal, and coming out of the mines later that night and fighting everybody from the other mines. So they'd fight each other and then go back to the mines, go back to the pits. So was your mom pretty tall? 5'4". Five, five, Judy was 5'4". Oh my God. Yeah, How, yeah, what that's happened where to genetics me? isn't an genetics. exact science. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's what that is. My brother Pat's 5'11". Yeah. So I don't know Bullshit. Tall milkman. Oh my big God. Mil big milkman. That's another... David phrase. The milkman used to actually deliver. Yeah, milk because that the meant house. they was his dad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I know what it so means. Stop by. <laughs> deliver the milk. <laughs> and here I am. Jack's all pissed off right now that you said Jack that. Jack is mad. Uh, but we lost Jack in '94. But he's still R. mad R. up there somewhere. He's oh, mad. Yeah. Very, very. I'm sure he's. Uh, very pissed off and trying to pee on me from up there. <laughs> so I'm sure this he's having his way right now. So your love, though, for weights, you and your brother lifted weights a lot. Lots and lots of iron, yeah. Is he, is he jacked? I've never seen your brother. Is your brother really big? Fat like Pat. You? Fat Pat is, uh, oh, God. There's a lot of mob nicknames in your <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pat, Pat, yeah we, we don't play around. We just <laughs> nickname somebody and run with it. Right. I hope it sticks, right? But uh, Fat Pat is six feet maybe and about 265 okay but he was a he's a state champion lifter a power lifter and i don't know how many different uh, uh lifts he's got state records all over the place all over the united states no kidding yeah yeah fat pat he's uh, he was good for like a 620 deadlift at a body weight of 198 oh my so god tripled Jeez. his body weight yeah were, yeah. were awesome. you a were you a football player that just loved to lift or were you a power lifter that was a like, wrestler I uh, wrestled i did all that stuff down i but i was I was, uh, my uncle was really big into lifting back in the 40s and 50s. And he gave us his weight weight set. And that was really all we had, you know, back in Iowa. There were no gyms back then. Yeah. None. So you just start trying to find something else to do other than help bailing hay and all the other stuff that we had to do back on the farm. So we're lifting weights in the, in the basement every night. <laughs> and it took off. It, you know, we loved it. We, there was nothing else to do. Yeah, but we we lifted weights and then it came into play with football. 
it worked out pretty well. So then how'd it go? Because I, I know you, you tell me all the time when I see you at the gym, you're an avid wrestler. Did you anticipate playing football going into, the, going into college? Or were you like, hey, I want to wrestle still? Or how'd that all go down? I think the only thing I ever cared about was football. <clears throat> okay. But I loved getting ready for football, though, too. Okay. So that was where the lifting and the, and the conditioning came in. And, I, you know, I just loved the game of football from the time I was able to watch it on TV. And so... That literally was the, like the only thing I ever wanted to do from the time I was five. Okay. Play football. So okay. That, did not many people from from Centerville, Iowa, ever thought that uh, that was possible, but I did. I I, I I thought it was. They told me to stay at home and work uh, for the family, and I said, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going. And then you ended up at uh, Northeast Missouri State. Truman State now, but Northeast State. Missouri State, uh, that was where I went to school. Didn't okay. have any idea I would go any further than that. I don't think anyone does, but. Um, but I, I, I mean, I certainly from from Central Iowa, you don't know if you're going to go any further than that, especially from Northeast Missouri State. So, I've got the longest tenure of anyone from Northeast Missouri State in the in the NFL. So, no shit. We've had a few. We've had a few that we had Rich Cash. We had um, Linville Elliott was a pretty good running back for the for the Bengals. Okay, and for the 49ers. Unfortunately, these running backs don't have much of a life expectancy in the they league. It's a tough spot. I think Linville might have played for eight years, though. Hey, to do that, that's unbelievable, actually. Ken Norton, uh, senior, the boxer, was at yeah. Northeast Missouri State. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that at all. Kicked off the football team. <laughs> for what? Uh, taking a pee in a coach's pop bottle and watching him drink it. There you go. Damn. So there you go. Talk yeah. about a savage move. What? Yeah, yeah. Whoa. That was a good Worth move. Worth kicked off. Of just for the heck of it. He was a star player. And he... Uh, what do you play? Um, I want to say linebacker like his son. Okay. Ken Norton that played for the uh, Cowboys. Okay. That was his son. So, I mean, he was a... He, I think he was a running back, too. I good, bet. A very, very good football player, too. But just a freak. That boxing thing turned out pretty good for him. Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, he, Broke Muhammad Ali's jaw, so I think, uh, yeah, he, he was the, the heavyweight champion of the world. I still can't believe though pissing in your coaches. Drink. I can't believe that. that takes some balls. I mean, he just uh, saw the pop bottle sitting there and uh, did that before practice and stood back with a bunch of a bunch of his. But this is how the story was told to me. He's he's older than I am, but was older than I am. Uh, and they watched him drink it, and they were laughing hysterically, and the coach's face went bitter and and. Uh, <laughs> He wanted to it happened, and then um, <clears throat> someone told him. Someone told the coach. Someone snitched on him. Oh, my God. Out the door. Out yeah. the door. So, so I bet that guy's jaw got broke, too. I got to yeah. think that if he knew who it was that snitched on him, uh, that, that, was not, that was not a good ending for him. Probably not. Look at this. Pulling up some? What do you Troy got, Aikman, Gabe? Uh, it's, it's funny. Uh, we're pulling up all kinds of... Troy Aikman's picture comes up as me under Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, man. That is so funny. Yeah, you were a hell of a quarterback back in the day. I was. A play- I actually never evolved into anything that stood upright. Did, uh... I, was, I, was, I only do it between my legs. <laughs> I only do... I, never, I was a caveman that never really evolved. I would have made more money if I just learned to stand up and throw it overhead. So. Right. Did, you, did you start your football career as a long snapper, or did you transition from a different Transition from different stuff. Uh, offensive line. I was always supposed to be an offensive lineman and did play offensive line. Back then, you had to play somewhere else. You weren't going to make yeah. the team as just a long snapper. You had to you had to play somewhere. So I was guard, center, tackle, sort of utility. And uh, I was I was I was super. I probably could have played defensive end to be honest. Yeah, know? but uh, so you had the build for sure. I mean, you were light for an old lineman. 
Well, I, I, started off, I started off light. I started off pretty light. Everyone, everyone did back then. It was that was actually pretty good size back in '87 when I started. But um, I gradually got up to about 304. The league got bigger, and I you got, did get to 304. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, you were you were there at the same time as Corey and and David Dixon. Who like Dave? What like 360? Dude, Probably 400. Really? Yeah. I don't know oh if you remember God. this, but because we went to the Minnesota Vikings football camps growing up, and I remember Dave Dixon was eating with us in the lunchroom. <laughs> the boy had like three <clears> trays. This man ate more food than I probably every kid at that camp combined. Yeah, like just yeah. shoveling it down. I was like, this is a <clears> huge <throat> human being, sweating the whole time. Oh, he was a huge. Honestly, God, he was, I'm pretty sure he probably played at you know, 405, 400 pounds. Good God. I mean, full pads. I know he was like 400. Look at that. There he is. He's one of the biggest human beings I ever, I've he ever seen. He is. Damn. Ever. Huge, man. He's an enormous human being, and he ran incredibly well from New Zealand. And he wanted to play rugby for the for the All Blacks of, from New Zealand and, and um, didn't make it, but he tried out for him. And he went to Arizona State University, and uh, the rest of his history got drafted by, I want to say the Patriots as a defensive lineman out of Arizona, Arizona State. And then it didn't work out for him, uh, and then he came into the Vikings, Dennis Green's agent, I believe, was his agent, and so Denny promised he'd keep... He'd keep Dave around and try to make him an offensive lineman. And he played really well. He, he, yeah. he came around and played extremely well. Mike got a lot out of him. I'm telling you, Mike yeah. Tyson got a lot. He did get a lot out of, out of Dave. I thought he was a really solid player. Yeah, he really was solid really player. good. I mean, that guy was so strong. I was paired with Dave to, to uh, lift okay. in the mornings. Uh, and, and Stronger so, than you? Uh, I mean, not, not leg-wise, but... I'll tell you what I did. I, I, I uh, was lifting with him in the morning, and Randall McDaniel was like right next to us, lifting it with another twosome, uh, his his uh, partner. And I said, "You got to watch this." And David gotten up and walked to the to the bathroom to go, um, you know. And he was benching. He and I were doing like four hundred five for like five reps, you know. <laughs> so I said, "Watch this one." I said, "He's not even he's not even trying yet. Like, he's not even trying." So I put twenty five pounds on both sides. So 455, and he came back and did it five times. <laughs> and he lifted up and he said, "I feel so heavy today." And I said, "Dave, I have 50 pounds. I put 50 pounds on the bar. He did 455 for five. Didn't even. I mean, he was barely struggling on the last one. Super strong. God. Super. It was sick. Sheesh. Super, super strong guy." Is he one of the strongest benches you've seen? Oh, easily. Uh, Bob Sapp would be the other one. Okay. I mean, Bob could bench, uh, you know, 585 on any given day on standby. He was just that strong any given day. So. What is he doing? I was yelling. He's probably reacting. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Uh, the beast is, oh, there's the beast right there. There's the beast. Oh, my God. Oh, that. I mean, that's, that's a large human being. He really was oh a terrible fighter. Oh, my God. But, so big. I mean, he ended up beating Krokop, you know? I mean, he actually beat some good people, but he was just so big. That's a giant. I used to train him. The first day he came into my into my weight room, he picked up the 150 dumbbells and sat down and did 20 reps of them cold. <laughs> after, after practice. It was after practice. It was amazing. Was Who was sure. scary to you, Bob Sapp or uh, Brock Lesnar? Oh, Lesnar. I mean, Lesnar's way, way, way worse. than. Is he stronger? Uh, uh, no. No, he's not even close to being like Sapp. No way. But he's just got that killer in him? 
Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, geez, Brock is dangerous. Brock is super dangerous. Sap is not dangerous. A lot of people don't know you train Brock, too. Yeah. Brock is, yeah. Oh, yeah. One of the many people you train. Oh, yeah. I trained Sap. I trained... Uh, I mean, Dixon came over, and he, he trained with me for a long time. You also trained a lot of, I, I believe, Matt Burke, Corey Stringer, Randall McDaniel, sure. Jeff Christie, Chris Holvin, or Holvin Robert Smith, Todd Stussy. Stussy for five or six years. Hey, you had a lot of guys in your uh, basement. Well, bringing it back to getting your journey from college to the league, you're an undrafted player. Coming in, you kind of bounced around a little bit at the beginning, brief stints in yeah. a few places. Uh, the Cards, the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Browns, the Seahawks, before settling in with the Vikes. But tell us about that experience. Well, you know, it's it's about, you know, survival. Yeah. And the NFL is survival. You hear about it all the time. You know, Adam Thielen and those kinds of guys trying out over and over and over again and being on the practice squad. Well, they didn't have practice squad per se back then. So you had to you had to make the team and you had to stick somehow uh, or end up on injured reserve or whatever the case. But you know, for me, I didn't. I only missed one game outside of being injured with the Arizona Cardinals. In, uh, yeah, you didn't miss a single start with the Vikes. Yeah, yeah, I didn't miss anything there. I didn't miss anything before that either, um, except for being injured uh, that one season in '88 with the the first Arizona Cardinal team. I said I said I said they were the Phoenix Cardinals. Okay, and they had to go Arizona Cardinals. <clears throat> So, uh, but I, yeah, you had to survive, and they were great experiences. And I, you know, I played with some great football players before I ever got to the Vikings. Didn't you? Didn't you actually have a stint with the Broncos too? I did. I did. I had Dan Reeves. Um, uh, he brought me into Denver. I would have probably made that team. He told me, uh, but there were it was stacked, loaded. <clears throat> it was hard to make that team. There was no way of protecting people on injury reserve the way they they, they do now. But uh, he did set me up with Gene Stallings, his, his good friend. Yeah. Uh, he had in Dallas for so many years. So I made it with Gene uh, in St. Louis with the Cardinals. So I played with Neil Lomax and Roy Green and, and some of those those great – Jay Novacek. And you actually had a pretty good relationship with Gary Kubiak as well. Gary Kubiak. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I know Gary Kubiak. I've sat in a dorm room with him and, and talked football when he was still playing and backing up Elway. So, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. So it was nice when he came back to the Vikes or came to the Vikes for the first time, not back. I don't know any better situation for the Vikings to, uh, than, than to have him. In that zone scheme? Whew. Yeah, he knows He knows <clears throat> offensive line play. Dennison certainly knows uh, line play. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about zone blocking, but it's always been move the down line and, and push to the second level and come off and come off to the second level. It's always been that. You know, yep. It's always been zone blocking, but... Some teams just do it better than others, and, and then some teams uh, used to do finesse, really finesse things like when Alex Gibb was, was with the uh, Broncos, he would he would run a lot of trap plays. Mm -hmm. You don't see that anymore in pro football. It's just the bodies are too big. So They're you just huge. start slamming people around, and you don't worry about trap blocking. Well, when you're talking about that, too, I know they like you know smaller, quicker linemen. I mean, you're seeing them now at about 300. I mean, that's obviously something that was a tough thing for Bradbury. Coming in this year, it looked like he just wasn't very strong. He looked very little he compared to a lot, a lot of what Matt Burke was, I think, a little bit when he came in from Harvard. Okay. Just, uh, probably pretty decent size, obviously a good athlete, yeah. but probably not strong as strong as he should be. Mm -hmm. So I think he'll get it. I think, I think Brad Burke will be fine. We need him to get it. He yeah. freaking better get it. We need it. <laughs> I think he'll be fine. Elfline is you know, the one that was even worse uh, in terms of oh, conditioning. Yeah. He was even worse. Yeah. He's and really and especially after having such a great first year, you thought, yeah. oh, you're just going to keep continue to develop and then yeah. to take such a far step back. I don't even know if he was that great first year, man. I, I think was, he was a good was, player. Yeah. I really, I thought he was a good player. I thought, <laughs> I didn't. I, 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 Elfline? Yeah. No, he, he was 
was not. Really well. Your best offensive lineman. Uh, that year was was O'Neal, even as a rookie then. And Reef actually was our second best lineman, well, I think. Reef was the best. Berger one. was there, too. Berger was our best that Joe year. Joe was the most consistent. Reef had the potential to be the best one, but he's never healthy. Yeah. So he's never on the field for 16 games, which is unbelievable to me because the guys that I played with for 10 years here with the Vikings uh, could always play. They'd always line up and play, you know, mm-hmm. whether it was Gary Zimmerman and McDaniel and it, it didn't matter. Christie or Stussy, they all played every game. Corey Stringer, they played them all. You know, they just never got hurt. Oh, yeah. It's the way you train, it's, it's your mental toughness if you're going to play or not. What do you what do you think you'd do right now? I mean, they're saying kinds of things like moving Reef to the guard and moving O'Neal to done. left tackle. Reef which... is done. He needs to just retire. He's done. He's, he's been been injured so many times. Now he won't. But he's his best football days are behind him. Yep. Yeah. I'm just telling you that right now. He had a good chance to come out of Iowa and do well with Detroit. It didn't work. Uh, he got dealt down here. It was looking like he would rebound here, and he just never has been in great shape. He was a great wrestler in. In high school and college, out of North Dakota, I believe it was. Yeah. I mean, he was a state champion there and a great wrestler, but he did, he didn't have a football body, yeah. which is hard to come by. Mm-hmm. But the big offensive lineman, a big left tackle, has to be indestructible, mm-hmm. and uh, he never has held up to that. I mean, to have re- retreaded offensive linemen uh, the way they have here uh, in the past with Remmers mm-hmm. and some of those guys, it's just a, it's not it's not going to get it done. Yeah, not gonna get it done. They have Definitely. good, they have good blocks, good portions of their season, but they don't have seasons, full yeah. seasons in uh, in and out, sixteen games in, sixteen yeah. every year, year in year out, and growing together as an offensive line. That that hub can grow together five You're guys ready. at a time and keep mm-hmm. keep coming along and knowing each other better, but. And the best offensive line, do, they do that. You know the, you know the the two thousand whatever Cowboys, mm-hmm. uh, even the early ninety Cowboys. There were two generations of offensive. Oh yeah, they had an unreal. Line. A nice one now, right now playing, yeah. playing Dallas, which I can't figure out why they can't win. But I really can't with that offensive line and that running back I don't and get the quarterback. Jason yeah, Garrett probably has a lot to do with that. And then now that you know, play calling. On and, yeah. yeah, I mean, they've got the the best offensive line in football. By and, far. And Elliot, what's wrong? You know, how, yeah. how can you not win every game like that? You know, but. I don't and, know. And Prescott's very good. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it's following the same. I, I think the biggest thing is their defense hasn't always been as good. I mean, you think of the 90s, they had a pretty darn good defense, too. I mean, so they, they, they got to ride that offensive line, but their defense was solid. And I feel like now their defense has not been. Uh, it's gotten better. better Their secondary better. was actually a lot better this past I'm year. I'm very surprised with how, how well Dallas did defensively. Yeah. I'm even yeah. more surprised that they can't get it done offensively. I don't get that. That's, I'm even more surprised and disappointed. They got my guy, Tyron Smith, over there at left tackle. He's a freak. He's an absolute animal. My favorite offensive lineman in football right now. I've never seen anything like that, by the way, when he's healthy. And he's yeah. fat. He moves really, really well. That's a freak right there. Yeah, he's just Monster. he's something different. I've never seen a tackle play like that. He's ever. from USC, right? Never. SC. Yep, okay. Big timer. Yeah. He's worth every dime you can spend on him. <laughs> How are they going to pay everybody? I mean, I, I think get, that team's... creative shooting. with that uh, salary cap, but it grows every year, too. So, so yeah. life has become very good for those guys. Well, let's bring it back into when you were playing. Sure. I mean, you were a part, you were on the team for one of the, actually the greatest teams the NFL's ever seen. And they, I mean, we're in discussion for the greatest team to not win at all, 98. Yeah. I mean, you were watching the, 
one of the coolest offenses anyone's ever seen. That was quite. What nice. was it like having a front seat to that for a whole season? Yeah, it was it was an amazing thing. You just start running points up, and you're almost scoring so quickly that you don't have you know your defense is out there a little too often, and you're always giving the ball back. But you scored seven points too. I mean, yeah. most of the time, but. Uh, it wasn't that, though. I think it was probably the quarterback situation that we had. Which was interesting because Brad was, was supposed nice. to be the quarterback. He was. Then had he a very good one. Had he, a very consistent one. And he won a Super Bowl later yep. with Tampa Bay. But, but Two Randall picks Cunningham, and he got hurt, right? Yeah, I think I think that it was probably like three or four games in. No, it was first game. Against first game. Cincinnati, wasn't it? I can't remember who it was against, it was like but games. I know it was the very first game he had two picks and then he got injured and Randall came in for a come-from-behind win. And then it just right. kind of. Right. Yeah. And then Randall got hurt. I think two or three games in, Brad came in, won it for us. But then Randall started again the following week, yeah. and then yeah. took off again. He was amazing. He could have played the game that <clears throat> that uh, that Brad came back for, but he was really tough. He did uh, a scope on his knee and was back up and oh playing. God. It was unbelievable. Yeah. He was. A, there's a freak too, by the way. It's just that he didn't have that it factor as far as you know poise and the ability to. Go win one. Put it on his back and go win one. Okay. You no, know, that was just not his. That was not his forte. He was a great athlete. Great yeah. athlete. He could sling a football 85, 90 yards in the air. He really could. What do you think he'd do in today's game? Wow. I mean, today's games cater to the quarterback now more than ever. Well, I, I mean, I think that he's he's a lot like. Uh, um, what's his name? Help me out with Baltimore. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. With, with, with Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. That's who. He, that's who he was. <clears throat> Jackson's bigger. He's stockier. He's thicker, you know, than, than Randall Cunningham. Yeah, but Randall had everything except the knowledge of the game uh, at, at our at, with our offense because he came in and it was sort of this flash on the Viking scene for one year, which, yeah. which <clears throat> that season, the, the '98 season. Yeah. But he never had a grasp. Yeah. And then Billick took off and went to Baltimore and left him with another coordinator. And mm-hmm. Johnson left, and Jeff George came in, and he just it, it shuffled Jeff the deck George. again. That was by far the strongest arm I've ever seen. I've never seen Jeff, an arm, Jeff George. Yeah, I've never seen an arm like that. Yeah, he throw like, through a brick such wall. Such a strong arm, but oh, terrible mind. Time, terrible quarterback. <laughs> like, how, he was a gunslinger. He was Jay Cutler before. Or, uh, I'm sorry, but what's the name for the for Denver and for Chicago? Uh, uh you talking yeah. Jay Cutler? Yeah, Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler. Yep. He that was. Jay Cutler before Jay Cutler. And with that, and with <laughs> I believe that everybody. Because you guys had athletes everywhere. Yeah. What, oh, like, yeah. when did you guys know that this could be a special? When you year? go out, when you go out and line up, first day in practice. Like, cool. I mean, I don't know how Jeff Diamond did it, but he got everybody on board uh, for that year. And I mean, he was a genius between him and Brzezinski. Yeah. They brought all that in, brought it all together, found a window of opportunity for like three or four years, and unfortunately, the Cunningham thing didn't go two years yeah had a change of coaching staffs which reshuffled brad took off mm-hmm. uh, so so many things changed so then jeff was fired after putting that team together and spending yeah. all of red's money and then which red, red didn't like to do down. well yeah yeah <laughs> red did not <laughs> really like to spend anything you're right you're right on that one so he, he uh i mean he basically bought into the team when you could th- the lowest he could get it for and it just blew up if you think about it, I mean, he bought into it as cheap as possible. Never a sale like that again. No. Of a professional those, football team. You think about those 10 owners that they had who just got screwed out of that deal? <laughs> I feel so bad for them that the NFL screwed them out of their whole thing. Think about where they'd be right now. Uh, well, lost they're billions. all very rich anyway. And yeah. The ten, you know, the 10 of them, uh, you know, the Roger Hedrick group, and, you know, the Jay Dyers and the 
Why didn't one just buy the other one out so they could have had a controlling portion of it? That's what I don't understand. They certainly could have. They certainly could have. Um, The McMillans, uh, they could have bought the team uh, with one check. I don't even understand that. I don't know. They just didn't want to take a chance. They weren't football people. They were just in for the investment. And they did pretty good on that, too. I mean, uh, they got to be kicking themselves now. Red gave them a a lot of money, which they took. And they they were already incredibly wealthy before that. Incredibly wealthy. Right. They all buy it as a hobby. It's, it was for a hobby. It, it, that's, that's what it was. Do, yeah. That's what it was. I mean, they re- literally got to have a tenth of the control of, the, of an NFL team on credit alone. They didn't put any money down. <sighs> just for the money behind it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, that was just something to play with. That was a toy. It literally was. And then Red came in, and, of course, that was a different mentality. He was a car dealer. And, uh, oh, my God. Texas. He was one of the worst things that ever happened to the Vikes. Uh, yeah, yes and no, but you know he he brought he brought up the idea and the concept of a new stadium and and you know he was trying to gun gun down a new stadium. It took the Wills forever, and they were experts at building yeah things like that out in New York and New Jersey. But but uh, anyway, that worked out. It finally did work out. Red got rid of the team and made about a cool I'm going to say about two hundred million dollars on his investment over like five years. Oh, yeah, pretty good little return <laughs> on investment, and then the Wills. Since then, have found a way to get tax money together to build a new stadium and a new. I like the Wolves. Nice little project out in Egan. Yeah. Okay, yeah. at about a billion dollars. Yeah. So that turned out well. So the Wolves' investment of about six hundred million for the team is has literally doubled or tripled. Yeah. Since, they, since they've had the team. Mm-hmm. But they're great owners. They're great owners. Yeah, and they they care about trying to bring checks. stuff to the fans. They write checks. Yep. They write checks. They if they need a player, they if Spielman has needed a player. They'll go sign the player. Yeah. They don't put up any stink over it. You know, it's a Brett Favre yeah. or it's a stretch of some... Kirk ex- Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Jesus. I mean, yeah. For, well, go figure, right? paying for that figure. for a couple of years. <laughs> I mean, what could go wrong, right? Right. <laughs> That's a way to look at it. I want to bring it back to 98, though. Let's talk about that offense a little bit more. What was it like being around, you know, Randall? And I guess that, you know, going back between Randall and Brad, which we can get into, too, but... Randall mainly, and then uh, Chris Carter and Randy Moss and Robert Smith and uh, Jake Reed, Matthew Hatchett. I mean, you had a pretty cool situation. We did. We did. 24 we did. points is the lowest scoring game you had that year. Yeah, yeah, we, we wow. lined it up. We could put points on the board. I uh, had the highest offensive output uh, in NFL history. At that time, yeah. It was like 567, I believe. Yeah, that's, I mean, off the top of my head. 557 or 537? Five sixty-seven, I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I Gary Anderson was perfect. He made that was the other thing I want to talk about. Five fifty-six. I lied. Correction: I mean, five fifty-six. It hurts. It hurts as a lifelong Vikings fan. I was oh in the third God. grade. And I remember it like it. Was, uh, <laughs> oh man, I might as well miss the kick myself. We had everything. We had everything. The staff was good. What Gary say after that? He he felt horrible. He felt. Did you mean say anything? Changed his life forever. What? Yeah, changed his life forever, but. It what did you say to him? Like, when you uh, I, I snap mean, and turn around, you just, just got to, hey, man, we'll get it next time? Or That's a great question. But, you know, I, I think I remember saying to Randall McDaniel on, on the way off the field, uh, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if we, he hadn't made all the kicks that he made that year. We wouldn't have been there. No. no. He made kicks to get us that far. So yeah. he literally had to have last second field goals from 50 yards out, like five or six of those. In wet, tall grass in Baltimore, I remember that. He made a huge field goal there. We played uh, the old Oilers right before they turned Titans at, uh, I think it was Vanderbilt. 
cold, wet day out, out in Vanderbilt. Um, and he made a, he made his last field goal, his last extra point there, and he went he literally went perfect on the season, first yeah. time ever. Yeah. So, I mean, and we had to have that to win that game, to go 15-1. and one. But, you well, know, it's, it's just amazing. I mean, you step up to the plate. He's, he's played in the league at that time, what, about 15, 16, 17 years? Yeah, he's getting up yeah. there. And so he hadn't had a kick like that. Here's a guy that used to tell me stories about how he came in as a rookie with Terry Bradshaw and Jack Lambert mm-hmm. with the Steelers. And, yep. and then here he is with us, still playing. And very obviously very capable, perfect yeah. season, right? But mm-hmm. it just didn't line up for him. It just, you know, it got to him. It can get to yeah. anybody. It can oh, yeah. really affect anybody. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised you turned on your on your boy. Usually the special teams it. group is is very close-knit. Yeah, it's just, it was a, uh, I guess, I guess it would be a knee-jerk reaction to yeah. say, I'm going to go over and kill him. But uh, <laughs> that thing started right down, right down the middle. It went right mm. over my head. I can still see it in slow motion. You know, it just kind of skips frames and <laughs> keeps going, tracking left. And he misses by maybe a yard. And you guys would have won that Super Bowl, too. I mean, you guys would have. I don't think so. I, I really don't. We had three ACLs uh, on defense alone in that game alone. Mm. Johnny Randall was just a mess. They, uh, Dixon Edwards was a mess. Uh, Orlando Thomas was blown up in that game. I don't know. Uh, John Elway and Terrell Davis. I, I don't know. They, they were fourteen. Right. They were thirteen and three. <clears throat> and the yeah, Birds yeah. were fourteen and two. I mean, that that was a good team. I felt like that, the way that that whole game went down for me, and, and it's like uh, the wind came out of the sails. Because if you think about it, we were up seven. Gary hits that field goal, we're up 10. Yeah, it ices it. Really, all we had to do was make a stop. And then on top of that, Denny, you had yeah, 30 or some seconds left, and Denny just kneeled yep, it to go into OT. And we got the ball twice in overtime. Three, time, three times. Three times. We won the toss, and I snapped three punts. And I sit there, and I think about that, and I'm just like, God. Yeah, I mean, where's the worldwide <laughs> offense there? I mean, yeah. you've just gone so conservative trying to play for something safe that, you know, it's not going to work that way. It doesn't work that way. You, you want to go to the Super Bowl, you have to play all out. So oh, yeah. You've got to play all right. out, full tilt. So it was either Billick or Denny or a combination of the two that made that go down the way it did. And, you know, those are both – I've always been a, a big fan of Denny being able to bring smart people around him. I felt like he was so good at putting together a staff. Um, if you oh, think yeah. about that staff, that staff was crazy. Um, they were great. Oh, yeah. and, and you, He, was, he think, was very good. Denny was good at bringing in talent and knowing yeah. talent. And there was never a better coach as far as uh, knowing and understanding uh, both sides of the ball, any position – you know, he came up through Walsh, through the 49ers, and then he, he was a very sharp guy. I mean, he's Northwestern and Stanford. He, he, was, he was a smart guy. And he knew scheme, and he knew everyone's position, and he could step into a huddle and, and tell an offensive lineman what to do. Mm-hmm. And it made, it, it was, he, he was right. Mm-hmm. And he knew the whole scheme of things, and he knew the offense, and it was his offense and a hybrid of different things that came down the line. Uh, you know, like Jack Burns, not Jerry, but Jack Burns was an offensive coordinator for a while. Billick was behind him. Then he fired Jack Burns, who was a Washington Redskin. Joe Gibbs. Yep. Uh, uh, he was in that tree and came back to bite us because he was then with Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons, yeah. and that came back and got got us a little bit. But uh, but Billick was uh, next to genius uh, when he came to offense. He was he was also a Bill. Yeah, guy. he's a really smart yeah, guy. Very very smart guy. So I was sad to see him leave too. You know, yeah. but coordinators they want to be head coaches. You know, you yeah. played a you played a, to be promoted. You, you, oh yeah, and, and and well not play, but you coach 
to move up the ladder. Yeah. Everyone in the business knows that. So you have to allow it to happen when it, when it comes comes time for a coach to get a look. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I mean, it's we can go down that path all day because we can talk Vikings football all day. 98 was a special year. And I'm going to yeah. tell you right now, getting back to that, I mean, those three wide receivers that you mentioned, I mean, Carter um, Hall and, of Randy, fame. and Randy Hall Moss. Of fame. Yeah. And top 100 team. Uh, Jake Green was a really good Randall ball McDaniel, player. Yeah. All, all, all 100. Yep. The, made the all 100 best players. John Randall made the, that all team 100. as well. So three on that team. Three guys out of 100 years of football made the top 100. Did Chris not make the all 100? Did not make he it. didn't. Okay, so three. Rob. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was robbed, but he, you know what? Um, yeah. Pride I mean, T.O. was robbed. Pride comes before the fall. Yeah. And uh, Chris, if he had been a little better at uh, managing himself and his own. Lifestyle, I think maybe things would have turned out differently there, but there was a lot of people against him on that. Yeah. So yeah. he hurt himself, I think, quite a few times on being uh, bumped onto those kinds of teams. Especially with the Eagles, that's what kind oh, of got yeah. him out here. He had, yeah, I think he had a the cocaine problem. Problems. Yeah. People, yeah, I'm, I'm like, that, you said uh, I wouldn't have to talk about all and everything. Maybe I won't go into that one. Because <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know what stories. the deal is. I know what the, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, it's just, he could have. Helped himself a lot, but he seemed to always be in his own way. Okay. Own worst enemy. That's a lot of us, though. I'm not going to drag him through, but so I'm going to yeah. leave it there. And but Chris Chris was his own worst enemy. Okay. And, and so who out of that, because you named a lot of great players, who was the most fun to see perform like during practice or in the games, whether it was John Randall or Randy Moss's rookie season or like which one caught your eyes the most and stood out? Yeah, his, Randy was, was the one that – you could notice the most. He he came in his rookie year uh, from Marshall, and the guy had a high ankle sprain, and you wouldn't have known it, but he did. He had he had it taped up every day for a high ankle sprain that he did in basketball during the summer. <laughs> but um, he would literally just try to make defensive backs look silly um, in practice. I mean, our starters, you know, you mm -hmm. get in a two minute drill at the end of the practice, and I mean it's. First team against first team. Yeah. Yep. Trying to move the ball against the first team. Two-minute drill for both sides. And Randy would just go up and make a one-handed catch over the top of everybody. <laughs> the high ankle sprain. So you run past people with a high ankle sprain. Robert Smith and Randall McDaniel used to be incredibly, incredibly fast and competitive. So they would get up from team stretch and get up and sprint down to the end zone to start practice. Teamwork down at the end, end, end of the end zone. Super fast. Always a close race. Robert was incredibly fast on the Ohio State track team, and Randall McDaniel was all world and a freak, and he could do anything basketball track. Uh, so anyway, very, very competitive. Randall could run with Robert Smith almost That's insane. for about 60 yards. That's insane. Randy saw the game. Freak. Randy saw the game and liked his chances. <laughs> so he would get up, and he got up one day and ran past him like, they were standing still. Jeez. With his helmet in his hand, laughing at it. <laughs> like, like a Roadrunner Coyote thing. They're running past and like, you know, yeah. one of those things. Right. This dude this dude had his helmet. They had to slap their helmet on to run, right? Because you need yeah. to run fast. Yeah. And he's carrying his helmet. And Daniel comes over. I roomed with Randall for six years. Yeah. So he was my roommate. So he said, did you see what just happened there? I said... Yeah, <laughs> that was that was. That's that four two. That was that four two. You know, speed. I think he was faster than that. To be honest, really. I, yeah, I think he was. Oh Believe my it or God. not, I think he, he would float past people like you would not believe. He well, would I remember float past Daryl Green and 
who else? I mean, he could... Daryl Green is fast. Oh my god! Oh my god! Brandy was. He was absolutely the freak. Do you remember the story when he went to when he finally got traded from the Raiders to the Patriots, and they uh, told him he lost his step? So he went out there and ran a forty and four three. Yeah, just to show him, just like, hey, I'm an old ass man, and I'm still gonna run faster than all what, of you. I mean, you, you can if you want to piss him off. I, oh my god, he ran for a week and then came back and didn't have to be put on the spot. He'd run a four two four one. Oh my god. I think that's probably the best athlete I ever played with. Athletically speaking, you know, uh, freak ball. I mean, uh, body control in the in the air in flight to go up and hit a hit a ball at, its, at, at an apex. You know, to catch it at the top of your radius is he was a launch he was a launch pad, and he knew just how to time it against somebody else who was as a pretty good athlete, right? Yeah. In the back backfield, timing a jump, he would just go up perfectly and hit it at the highest place and bring it down every time, one hand, two hand. He was so fast. So was that? I mean, there's two games that right off the bat that I want to ask you about. I mean, what was it like watching Green Bay that first game when yeah. he had yeah. he had two touchdowns and he caught him? What was it? Over two, three guys caught oh, it over did. him, took it over. It was him, the first time it. we saw that stuff, but it happened over and over and over again. I mean, uh, after that, but that was also it changed uh, the NFC Central. Might have been the North, but they changed the whole way they, they covered defense. Changed, well, it changed defensive backs. Oh my! God. And the way you drafted. <clears throat> You had to have that big, huge, tall, physical defensive back, and that's what the D-backs were shooting for, was size and speed to cover Moss. Yeah. That's what it was. That's insane. That's and then that Dallas game, three catches, like 100. Also, the coldest game I've ever played in was that that game at about, God, I don't know what the temp was, but it was wet. We all got wet sitting in the grass. Green Bay one? Cows, yeah. And then you stood there with wind blowing through it. I hate that. Yeah, and also, Worst ever. That's got to be probably even harder on you and the rest of the special teams guys because you got to find a way to stay warm you do. on the sidelines. You do. And... I mean, you're sitting there going... If I go in, I mean, it's not like, you know, the lion doesn't get to do cows, or the zebra doesn't get to do calisthenics before the lion chases, right? Yeah. I mean, you got to run, right? You got to run. You don't get a chance to do burpees. So, not good. Not good. Yeah, it was horrible trying to stay stay warm on the sideline. Horrible. I played in the ice cold games, too, the five below games uh, in like the Meadowlands. Oh, my God. In Philadelphia. And you got Reggie White breathing on you really hard, and, and you can see his knuckles are white, and he's coming to get it, and he's, you know, and it's cold. You was don't it like to even touch you. You don't want anyone to even to put a hand on you. It's so cold. What was it like getting tossed or, or seeing your teammates get tossed? I mean, the one-handed toss, the only guy who ever did it was Reggie. Yeah. The one-handed well, toss. Because he timed it. I don't know how he did it. He I still don't get up, it. He set people up outside, 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 and Reggie was good at it bringing the guy outside well you get all that body weight leaning outside trying to stay up with him when the inside foot comes up he slaps you on the shoulder and you tip yourself over you, you run yourself into the ground so I mean He's scary yeah it's just it was technique and he, and he watched enough film to know what an offensive lineman could do or could not do and people thought you know he just threw that tackle on the ground but he, he really didn't. He set him up and set him up, and now the guy's chasing him outside. And as soon as the inside foot comes up, boom, momentum and him running outside, just he just tipped him over. Well, you remember Larry Allen. Uh, yeah. He was a scary man. <clears throat> that was the best ever, probably. He was a very scary man. Best, probably best ever that I've ever – and Tyron Smith was probably second at that. And Reggie would toss him with one arm. Well, he was a rookie, though. He was a rookie. And and he was injured, badly injured. Okay. He was filling in for Eric Williams. Okay. That right tackle and out of position. Okay. Yep. He is a left tackle. Yeah, Reggie White. White. That's all I kept thinking. Like, rookie year, you're going to get. Out of Sonoma State. Yeah. Uh Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those are some of my favorite highlights to watch. 
human being ever was Larry Allen, probably. Okay, yeah, because he, he can run. I remember you see that chase, the uh, interception? No, no, run I didn't down? see that one. No. Do we have time? Yeah, right. Gabe, can you pull uh, that up? Pull up Larry Allen chases interception New Orleans Saints. Or chases linebacker. He's, or chases interception. That's all you got to do. The other Watch one that's like it's funny watching the the Larry Allen. They kind of did that same deal that you did to Dixon, and they put on a bunch of weights and he still was repping it. Oh, I oh no, Larry Allen. Larry uh, Allen no, chases. There, down, there, it there it is. There it is. I'm sorry. A little bit more. Keep going. Chase. Down. There it is. Watch this one. Now you tell me, is this guy? Oh, I, is he yeah, real I deal or not? Somebody. You tell me. Okay. <laughs> so many things that can be said about this. This is why the guy made the all-time 100 team. He's a freak. Throwback Thursday. Right. I said it's classic. Five seconds. I think it's worthwhile to do this. It really is. We gotta love those. So can you bring the right. can you bring the sound up? Watch. Watch. Watch this. Oh my god. Dude, Watch. and that's a big boy. About three hundred thirty. Oh about three hundred thirty five. No, and the happiest person on the field right now is Troy Aikman. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he said, "I was not trying yeah, to tackle him." Yeah. You said they'll play it back again, but they're all making a big deal out of the tackle, not the interception, right now. Yeah, like it's, the big deal here, the big moment here is this guy chases down a, a really fast linebacker. <laughs> so they'll play. They'll play it again. You'll see it now. He's standing straight up and down. You'll see Larry Allen standing straight up and down, not moving. Yeah, watch, seven, watch, 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 hanging watch, out. Watch. Oh my God! Here he goes. There he goes. There he goes. Right. He said, I'm gonna take this angle. Look at this. Look at this guy's flying. Oh my gosh! And that's, that's still even a hell of a tackle. But just the fact that he got yeah. to the point where oh he can God. have the opportunity to make that tackle is amazing. That, and you don't have to do that. No, no coach expects an offensive lineman to chase that guy down. No. He's like, I'm gonna show you I can catch him. I'm yeah. gonna show you I can get that guy. That's, That's incredible. Effort. effort is free, right? Yeah. But you know what he bench? You know what he benches? 700. I believe that. 700, yeah. 700-pound bench. He's wow. he's the guy it's I was telling you. I saw that video. The scariest guy just... I've ever known. Fast and stronger than anyone on the field by a long shot. Yeah. Not even close. That's, that's a big-time player. Big-time player. <laughs> Sonoma? Sonoma State, whatever. They knew his name after that. That's for sure. They <laughs> <laughs> knew his name. They had to. Now, you earned a lot of respect there. Who was the scariest player that you had to go up against? On the field, I played against them all. I, I literally did. I mean, at one time or another, even on special teams, they would line up. You know, first play I ever played in pro football uh, was '87 uh, St. Louis NFL. That is, mm -hmm. played against uh, the Dallas Cowboys at Bush Stadium. And the first guy, it was a defense state. Fourth down and one. Here comes. There I come for my first snap ever in the NFL. Who's parked over the football in a, in a regular defense? The number one defense stays out in the fourth and one, right? Yep. Randy White. Oh, God. Could it be any worse? Right. No. Well, like, welcome to the NFL. That's another one right there. Five, uh, 450 pounds for 10 reps on bench. So there he is, my guy that I idolized all the way through high school and college. Yeah. Randy White, Manster, half man, half monster, right? I mean, the, the nastiest human being you've ever you've ever played against in your entire life. Then I played uh, against Lawrence Taylor. I've had to go against LT. Oh, and, uh, damn. I played against Reggie White and Howie Long and everybody that was somebody. 
I mean, you know, have big, yeah. big time players now. And you get to play when you're playing against defenses that can actually really hit people. You know, it was before the league oh, changed the rules. Get, yeah, they were coming to get you for sure. They so. didn't play games back yeah. then. Yeah, that's just this way, is, way different. It was real deal. I played well, Andre Tippett right there. I played with yeah. him in New England. That was he was a black belt in karate. <laughs> Used to beat people up in practice for, just for the fun of it, you know, just something to do. <laughs> He's not acting right. I better teach him a lesson. So, did you have to lay down the law with anybody on the team? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Who were some of your best fights? I used to love that. Because there'd be a guy that with the thought, you know, he's just a long snapper. You know, he's just, exactly. He's, see? Just, he's just long snapping. That's that's how and that's man, how everybody thinks. They're like, yo, these guys, this isn't even yep, a football player. Yep. He just come in once to play. Yep. Yeah, snap the ball. They gave him and a helmet. Now, yeah. Right. And you got you to let somebody know. And you then, get this work, too. And then you go back to the locker room, and he's got some guff for you because you handed him his ass on some one-on-ones. And so you put him on the ground in the locker room in front of everybody. Because I used to wrestle, and he didn't. I, the UFC stuff was coming out, and I knew all the submission stuff already, and so I was choking, choking his sorry ass out. <laughs> what, what, what player was this? <laughs> Roy Barker, Dwayne Clemens. Uh, who else wanted some? You got a uh, list. <laughs> said, "Let me scroll I, through." I'm like, you know what? I, I had my way with anyone. I, I could wrestle, and they couldn't. Yeah, I already knew what to do. So yeah. I, I, most, I was the strongest player on most of the teams I played on. So I didn't have to worry about it. I just well, they always called you. I mean, they always talked about your physique. Is that when the superstar came into play? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I used to. Well, I used to train with the superstar Billy Graham, the superstar. Yeah. So that was your idol. Oh god. Like yeah. wrestling yeah, idol. Oh yeah. I trained with him yeah. in Arizona in Paradise uh, Valley uh, at Thorbeck's. Okay. And so it was me and Bruce Wilhelm and Kenny Patera would stop in from time. Yeah, to time. and Kenny Patera is scary. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. What well, whole group was? We'll, we'll get in him again, but yeah. talk. Tell us yeah. about the name first. Well, which one? Uh, superstar Billy Graham. Yeah, yeah. The, the, Keep the, going the, about well, how you got your well, nickname the, and everything yeah, like yeah. that. So the superstar Billy Graham. Well, I said that's that's the coolest name ever. You know? Oh yeah. And so I'm talking with him, and he's like, he's the biggest human being alive right at the time, at least uh, back in the early '80s. He had 20. You know, superstar he had 22, 23 inch arms. <laughs> Decathlon athlete. And he went into wrestling, and he was just all world as the superstar Billy Graham, right? So. You know that was that was it. Getting to work out with a superstar, right? Yeah. So anyway, I'm starting. To, I need a moniker for Common Man Show. I'm doing the Common yep. Man Show, and he mm-hmm. said, "You need a moniker." I said, "Well, I'm the superstar, Mike Morris." There, <laughs> and uh, Ventura didn't like it. Ventura hated that. So well, Jesse hated that because he was trying to be a knockoff of a superstar, Billy yep. the bolos and the tie dye and the and the chops, right? Yep. So. Uh, I call Wayne Coleman up, who, by the way, that was his real name, Wayne Coleman, right here. Okay. And okay. so, I said, Wayne, I got guess who? Guess who's mad about about uh, me using your name as a radio name? And he said, Who's that? He, I said, Ventura. Oh, that's yeah, that sob. <laughs> he hated. He hated. Look at him now. So he hated Ventura. He goes, I'll tell you what we'll do. Are you on the radio tomorrow? And I said, Yeah, I'll be on tomorrow tomorrow morning. I'm gonna call in or give me a call, and I'll bequeath the superstar to you. Uh, to you, and I'll awesome. say that you're my long lost, uh, illegitimate son from Bloomington <laughs> since I wrestled in the AWA with Vern Gagne. I'll give it to you no on the air shit. live. And he called in, and he did it. No shit. And Ventura wow. was livid, <laughs> so mad. The superstar was my idol. So oh I, thought, my I thought he was cool. I, I loved lifting weights uh, from the early '70s 
and all the way through until now even. And that was my guy right there. I mean, that was He's a superstar. Giant Real man. deal. I, he had probably 23, 24-inch arms, no waist. And I was working out with him when he was in his prime. He was selling out Madison Square Garden, mm. two or three shows, you know, uh, you know, uh, he sold out Madison Square Garden. That's the oh only time it's been God. done by a wrestler. So look at him though. He was he was in with everybody. He knew he he knew Ali. He knew all the greats. What was that like then with the Ventura? Did you guys have some beef? I mean, he's he's been known to have problems. He he had that guy that that sniper guy knocked him out for trying to claim he was a marine. He wasn't a real marine or something. And it was at his funeral at his wake. When and did Kyle somebody just beat his ass or oh, something? Then, then he went to the anniversary. The wake, the end of the funeral. Yeah, and the rest of the seals came back. Well, number one, Ventura was not necessarily a seal. Yeah, he was in. He went but he claimed pods. to be. He went through basic underwater demolition. Yeah. So we know about. We know he did that. Because so he wasn't I, a real frogman. The Navy seal. Yeah. He was a frogman, but he yeah. was not seal. Okay. Per se, that came later. Those were generations later. But he liked to include himself in all the seal talk. They have since then, great. Uh, you know, basically grandfathered in. The, the frogman as seals. seals. Okay. So he gets to do it that way. Okay. But he never did any time or did any, okay. any war time. He might have been 100 miles off, off on a ship somewhere, but he never well, was. I thought, I the, thought Kyle straight up punched him in the face and no, then no, Ventura the, sued him. He, and then after the funeral, then his wife dropped it or something. No, or, I, I, I'm pretty sure this is the way it went is that Ventura was at the wake. Said something really snarky and, and very body-like. Like, well, he, he had it coming. Like, yeah. he had it coming. You know, yep. to, to, to be stupid enough to take this guy uh, out on the out on the range, and he knew he was crazy. He said something like, "He deserved to get it." At the wake, he goes, and that's what Navy SEALs do. They die. You know, eventually they die, right? And someone overheard that one, and, and that was it. He got, oh, he he got, got what he deserved. So he got cracked. Yeah, he yeah. got what he deserved. Yeah, too. yeah, so, that's yeah. what you get. I don't yeah. feel bad about that. Yeah, come on, man. So it's, he got what he deserved. I was supposed to be on a train with him to uh, Vail, Colorado, to do a to do a gig uh, out there with fans, and it got it fell through money wise. But yeah. I was supposed to be sleeping with him in the same boxcar. <laughs> that would have been good. <laughs> that would have been, been good. That would have been really good. Well, let's bring it back to Pantera. Um, skinny, you know, skinny Kenny. Well, the funniest thing that I remember hearing, and, and this is, I was a kid. But I remember Hulk Hogan telling a story about how he was lifting with Patera. <laughs> and he came in to do sure weights. He, yeah. he said he came in to do weights, and he thought, all right, well, it's going to be leg day. They had three 45s on each side on the rack. Went over, he's like, all right, let's do legs. They started shoulder pressing it <laughs> on the spot. Yep. Oh, yeah. And he was like... I can't do this. I actually can't do this. Yeah, you have to let yourself out after that. Like, I thought we were squatting this. <laughs> That's what he thought. You have to understand. I thought that I could just come and watch. Can I just still do that? Can I watch? That's, yeah, I'm out right now. So. Yeah. Yeah, Kenny Patera. Oh, oh. He was, was a strong. They were just different. Being, uh, alive. Uh, Wilhelm still swears that he's the strongest guy that ever lived. I agree with him. Um,. I could tell you a lot of stories. I don't know if you want to hear them. But oh, I God, I want to hear all stories. the stories. Stories uh, beyond belief uh, with Kenny and I. And <laughs> Yes. But he was, here's a guy that literally, he was the first guy to put 500 pounds over his head, right? Oh ever, God. ever known to man was Kenny Patera. So he How did his shoulders not fall off, first of all? I, you wonder. You have to wonder. He was the genetic, he was the Randy Moss of Olympic yeah. weightlifting. He was a genetic freak. He could slam dunk a basketball at 6'1" about 340 
did that in front of the University of Minnesota basketball team when he went and spoke to him after the Olympics in 72. Who told me that? Ric Flair told me that. He, the tip Woo! Yeah. Dude, yeah, I was going to say, Flair the nature yeah. boy. Yeah. The nature boy. Go ahead and play that one. That's a good one, too. Kenny Patera holding back the truck. Uh, but oh anyway. God. So Patera is, like, um, training for the Olympics. Yeah. And he's training uh, clean grip, high pulls, high pulls to his chest, right? He's going to pull it to his chest. This isn't it. This must be oh. another time. He did another time. Oh, my God. So the, the truck is going to go or the van's going to go. You'll see the, the tires burning off if they show it. Nah, he didn't even do it there. That's, that's staged. So he, he really does do it in, in another. There we oh, go. here we go. There we go. It's a different vehicle right now. That's a van. Good God. Kenny was. And look, I get you're strong. You can, st- yeah, but if, can you imagine if the knees popped? Oh right. that, no! That thing would not go through even. the wall and through him. I mean, can't make it up, right? It's a Bill Nye the size. Oh, that is just freaking scary. Look like it. Look at that, dude. That's see, that's oh, no. that one's staged, by the way. That one's not the real one. Oh, okay. He really does do it for real. I mean, that's there's another one uh, where it's off the charts, even better than that one. That's just he's just playing up. <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, he's training for the Olympics and he's going to do uh, clean grip. High high pull cleans, yeah. high pulls mm-hmm. to the chest, and then back down. He's doing that with 770 pounds, no straps. <laughs> Dude, 770. <laughs> what a chest, grip! And three, well, and three reps all the way up here when the, when the, when the world <laughs> right. record deadlift at the time to just locking out with a deadlift grip might have been 800. He didn't even know that. He didn't even know there were deadlifting competitions. In fact, when he found out the pack case, he was saying that he was the first guy to 600 pounds on the bench. He goes. There's I've a, been doing there's it. A, there's a bench press competition, and, and 600 is the only thing they got going there. And so he benched 600 that day. He goes, tell, tell Pat Casey I'm going to go downstairs right now and do, do something. <laughs> so he went down. Warm up. This is, this is 485. 485. He, he pressed uh, up. He pressed 45. So see, in the Olympic Games, uh, as a, up to 72, they had the queen and press. They had the power clean and jerk, and they had the snatch. And they did away with the clean and press after the 72 games. Yeah. Okay. So they, they now it's only, still is, only um, clean and jerk and snatch. This is actually a video piece of him doing the real truck. Yeah, here it is. Okay. I see him doing it. Now, if you see something on the bar there, that's probably about 300 pounds or 400 pounds when he's doing that. I mean, that. And he's how. just doing he it do fluid. Big weight. He was doing big weight even. His brother was the first head football coach for the Seattle Seahawks, Jack Patera. Hmm. And Jack coached the Purple People Eaters here in uh, Minnesota, and he did the fearsome foursome in Los Angeles. And so his brother was, like, on the all 50 year, first 50 years of the NFL coaches. And so that was his brother. And, and, and Jack told Kenny not to play football but to go into weightlifting and wrestling because he'd make more money doing that way, which he probably did. This is real, by the way. He told me about this. Then he hit me in the chest, really hard. Just show me how hard the two, they were. Then he we're hit me fighting. right. Yeah, in my house. Then feeding a mistake again. I said, "How hard did they lay those in on in the turnbuckle? How hard did they pop them?" He hit me before I even knew he was going to do it. About knocked me out of my chair. I'm like, "You didn't have to." Wait, show you could have just said real hard. This is real right here. Honest to God, it really is. He's worn out right God. there. Pretty crazy, huh? Jeez. That could have gone really bad. 
Yeah, he's a freak. Kenny Patera. So he's still here in town. He still hangs out. He'd be a fun person to talk with, too. I I did a podcast with him. He's very cool. Very, very cool. You know, my uncle, you remember Paul. You've seen him at the gym. My uncle Paul, he's a huge Kenny Patera fan. Paul. Uh, Well, Cognitori. But the guy who's always with me when I'm working out. God, I don't know if I... You see, he always says, Star, what's up, Star? Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah. I just see too many people. In just, <laughs> man, he's going to hammer this through the board. So I, I've got so many stories, it's not even funny, but I mean, I've just, yeah, there he goes. That's uh, Robbie Robinson. Oh, that is, no, that's uh, uh, Tony Atlas. Tony Atlas, and then Kenny's like, what? <laughs> so funny. This so, is. so kind of both of the sports that you were very successful at, kind of have like a obviously a high injury rate of injury and stuff like that how big was that in your decisions or anything like that did you think about that while you're playing whether it's now when you hear about cte or they had that ronnie coleman documentary on netflix where he's his whole body is just destroyed up pretty bad yeah uh, yeah ronnie's in bad shape now but he was something when he was prime but it, yeah it, there are some issues there with things that he may have done to his joints uh due to Enhancement. And, yeah, didn't you do a lot uh, of steroids that uh, that he may have decided to do? Which, but yeah, like, I, I don't care. I mean, you can give anyone that much stuff, mm-hmm. the exact amount of stuff that Ronnie took, and they'd never come close to Ronnie Coleman numbers or yeah. his sheer size. So but, I'll give him full credit there too. Were you like concerned about injuries and stuff like that growing up? Yeah, or, I was, was, was. The community. I, or I, was, I was. I was thinking about it, and that's why I trained so hard because I knew that my best. My, you know, you're you're. Your season's only going to go the way your off-season training went. I always thought you were only as good as your last off-season training. I trained like uh, like an like like an animal to just long snap for the Vikings mm-hmm. or in the NFL. I had to. I didn't have that much going for me in, in the way of actual, you know, talent talent per se. Uh, but I, I knew I could fight my way onto a team and survive on on size and strength and i could snap a you know a football really really well i, I just could yeah, well you weren't just really well you did it very uh, well for 10 years well you know what i mean like I with the vikes well yeah but yeah. with the vikes you were doing it at an all pro level well i, I you know I, I worked i worked at it and i i thank god because i wouldn't have played any pro football if i hadn't yeah. had that that uh, skill set I wouldn't have made it. So I would have been a pretty good weightlifter or a wrestler or whatever the case, but I wouldn't have played pro football. But all the 90s, you were very, very good. You were one of the best. Well, I, you know, I guess we'll never know. They didn't have pro bowlers uh, at long snapping until the year I got out. Like two years after I got out, they started sending okay. long snapper to the pro bowl. But, but it's, um, so it hasn't gotten me a cup of coffee yet. <laughs> we'll get you one of those. Get me, get me a cup of coffee. I'll be happy about that. So. I did the best I could. I enjoyed playing football. I was I felt very blessed to be able to play a single down in the NFL. And I had to watch careers take off like John Randall and Randall McDaniel. I roomed with him for six years. And you're talking about two of the greatest football players to ever played, literally. You know, yeah. The top hundred uh, saw Moss come in late in my career, but um, I got to see some good ones. Yeah, you I had did. Belichick in Cleveland, his first year. So yeah. I had Bill Belichick and. So I've, I think I know the game of football pretty well for having stuck around that long. What was it like being around Belichick? He, he, it's no surprise to me that he is where he is right now. Okay. Because he, I was, here's, here's a good one. How's, how's this? I was there for his first team meeting ever as a head coach. Yep. First one ever. Cleveland Browns, he comes in. And we're in an amphitheater setting, you know, and, and he's down at the podium, and he's going to start his first team meeting in training camp. Okay. So we've checked in to start training camp. And <laughs> he catches Clay Matthews, senior. Yeah. And Bernie Kosar and Webster Slaughter jacking around talking at the top 
they were sat up on tops. And Bernie was the man there Bernie then. Bernie was the guy. Yeah. yeah. And Belichick called him down in front. He said, get up and come down here. And he made him sit in front. And he goes, <laughs> look, he goes, you know, like, Bill Belichick, when he talks, he's like, you know, I'm not, I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just telling you. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Like, I, I, I waited a long time to be a head coach, and I'm not going to fuck it up. You guys are going to sit here, and I don't like people talking while I'm talking at a meeting. Okay. Love it. Yeah. That's Kosar it. and Clay Matthews. I love it. It's as big as it gets, right? The yeah. best on offense, best defense. They just off the AFC Championship game a year or two before that. Mm. Ed King comes in, an offensive lineman, and what was what was Eric? I want to say Eric Coleman was our first round draft choice. They come in late. Yep. And they signed at about midnight with Mike Lombardi, the GM. And uh, they haven't done the gassers or the test outs that we had to do, and mm-hmm. they're not going to get to skate on that. So what does what does Bill do? <laughs> he goes and grabs Jerry Simmons, the strength coach, and a flashlight and some cones and a no stopwatch, shit. and they get out to the track at uh, Berea, a small college in in Ohio, and uh, it's locked. So he makes them climb climb the, the chain link fence, eight feet up. And Simmons is like so mad. The strength coach is like. <laughs> He made us climb that fence last night at midnight. And he followed him over. He came over with him, head coach, yeah. right? So he makes them. He times them. They do the gassers for time. They do the hundreds of walkbacks. And it was grueling what we had to go through. And, and he was not going to have the team do that. And he wasn't going to waste time doing it the next day. Yeah. That we were supposed to be onward and upward, right? Yep. With more install. So he made them do it that night. That's thought awesome. they were going to skate out of it uh, by signing late that night. Oh, no. No, no. So Belichick was—he was real deal. That was who he was. Then. That was who he was then. You know, about the business. About the business. About the business. Truly, truly. I like it. I like it. So you know, coming back to the the pro wrestlers. I mean, those guys are your friends. Did you ever think about it? Oh, they wanted me to. Did you want to? You had no uh, interest. None. None whatsoever. I did some gigs with them. I did do it. They taught me a few times just to do the. You know, you, you learn the, a series by code, right? One, okay. two, three, over the top, step over, come back, and you take the bump, right? And okay. They settle it one, two, three in the middle of the ring. Okay. It's just one, two. It's a language. They just say A or B or C in your ear when they got you in the in the corner or on the ground. You just know what to do then. So, I did it with Patera. I did it with Lesnar. I did it with uh, who did I throw out of the wrong side of the ring? Uh, Wayne Coleman. I threw him over the wrong side under the under the microphones. Like these, I threw him. His back landed on the microphone. <laughs> we get up to the we get up to the locker. He goes, "It was really good. Did that really good." He put me over the wrong side of the ring, though. <laughs> Look at my back. He showed, showed me his back. Oops. Sorry. That's why I play football and I, I don't do this stuff. Well, I knew Kurt Henning. I knew Lesnar. I knew. You know, Papa, big Papa Pomp, Scott Steiner. Dude, you know, he actually's had a lot of bad things happen to him because he got off steroids and now his body's like falling apart sure, on him. I'm sure he's shelled, yeah. So you don't, stay, you don't stay with it. I mean, anyone. Anyone that does that kind of beat down. Uh, but but I, I, I would just say that um, no one was. Okay. That was doing that then. Okay. They rolled the records back and everything else. Rushing. You weren't doing any of that stuff. I wasn't. I wasn't. No. no so to I, be naturally what you were. I thought sure? I was doing pretty good. I no was shit. 365, 375 for behind the neck press. Off the, oh off the mouth. I could have worked out with those guys with those presses. I could, yeah. I could have done that. But I taught myself how to do it at a young age. And I watched all this. I taught myself. Uh, I, I got all my certifications before I even got out of college. You actually have had your certification since 1985? Right. That's, yeah. Yes, yes. And right. you actually. Whatever. Yeah. That's the next thing I want to get into about Milo. Because that's on your arm, right? 
sure is. My yeah. Barbell, man, real deal. Yeah. Real I mean, deal. you got it. You got, hey, train with the insane. And it originally started off, and that's from a book, right? A book that inspired you, or, or was it a, a, a strength Well, uh, It's a strength journal. Okay. I, you know, I, I was written up in that, that, uh, it's a strength journal. It's like it's a quarterly. It comes out like every three months. I still get it. Okay. And Wilhelm used to write for it, so he used to have articles in there. He wrote an article on me in that he, when he found out the kind of numbers that I was doing okay. in the NFL. So he's doing a pro football. You know, who it was always like, who's the strongest guy in the NFL? Well, he picked me. So okay. he did, did that. So I was actually throwing some pretty good numbers around even back then. And he wrote about that in Milo, the journal. Um, and I found out the, the beginnings of, of, of that whole thing, too. And it just came, it was a cool story. Milo, Milo of Croton, blah, 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 blah. He won the first six Olympiads yeah. um, as a wrestler. So he was a, he was a world strongman. And so Milo, I'm like, oh, name my basement Milo. All the guys were coming over to train. Hey, this is Milo Barbell. Sounded yeah. cool, sounded cool. Then they said, what does it stand for? What does it stand for? I'm like, oh, wait, I got to go back and think. <laughs> so I came up with Mike's Insane Lifting Order. Okay. So the, it, was, it became the, the Insane Lifting Order. Okay. Just made that up. Well, so- <laughs> yeah, he was lying. I was lying to him. Yeah. Well, I thought you meant right now. You just made that up. <laughs> no, 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 no. You are good at this. You made okay. that up. That is going. Greek wrestler. Won like three as a youth, three as an adult. The first six Olympiads, I think. So. So you think people mess with you more though because you were a long snapper? Do you think they mess with you when they found out you were doing numbers with weights? Uh, where they're like, I want to see what this guy's really about. I was always happy to put it on for him. I, I'd load the bar for him. If they were telling me they could do 500 pounds, I was I was more than happy to load the bar for them too. I want to see it. Show me. Would you tell them that right? Oh, the, yeah. Would you guys go off on it? Who would who would give you some surprises? I, mean, I, I just tell you, growing up in high school, like it was always the guy. You know, he's benching 500 pounds. He's this guy's doing that. I'm like, is he? Is he going to the meet this in Des Moines this weekend? I'll be there. I'll be there. Oh, is he? I said, is he? About so, it. It was so I was there. I'll be there. You know what? Funny enough, that guy wouldn't show up, and then he's training again. He's got a 600 pound. Uh, deadlift squat he's got the 500 pound bench back again apparently but now he's sick again or he's injured he tweaks mm. something in pra- oh I'm like oh okay now, I did 500 a day though yeah, I did 500 a day but uh, it was, uh, that's always been the way and then hey if Bob Sapp would step up to the plate and say he was he was uh, pulling 900 pounds off the ground in a deadlift I'd say no you're not no you're not you're not pulling that there was like one guy that could do it Danny Wobler at 242 and he's telling everyone in practice, he's just sitting around just telling me, hey, you did love 900 pounds. No, you're just, what, are you, what are you talking about? I'll load the bar to 900 pounds. Let's watch you pull it. <laughs> no, I knew he could I knew he could bench. I knew I didn't know how much, but I knew he could bench. And I wasn't he didn't even make claims on that, but he's he's just telling someone off the top of his head he can he can deadlift 900 pounds. I said, Without well, straps, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Oh. Did he go on, try it? Put it on the bar. Loading. Did he go try it? Huh? Did he go try it? Are you kidding me? No. No, he just Hell left no. it alone. He got Hell mad no. at you for calling him out, though? Called, I called him out right there in the middle of all of them. Yeah. I'm like, I want to see that. I mean, I, I deadlift. I, my best is 745. I want to see this. I want to see it. <laughs> yeah, and at that point, you can't. Because the only thing worse than just not trying at all and coming up with an excuse is trying to do it and then clearly not even coming close. Not even to coming doing close. It. Like, right. like, I don't care how. Like, he was tall. It's really hard to pull something if you're a tall guy. Mm-hmm. And hanging on 
to 900 pounds. Is a, that's a lot of grip. I mean, now they're doing it with straps. I mean, Mountain's pulling 1,100 pounds or whatever, you know. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Half Thor. Uh, uh, yeah, the kid from uh, Game of Thrones. Nice nice yeah, man. he's a that's freak. A whole chance or whatever now for yep. the Vikings. Yeah. And I mean, he's outstanding. I mean, the guy is incredibly strong, right? Yep. I mean, he did 1,100 pounds with straps. He and Eddie Hall and some of those guys, Brian Shaw. But I'm like, you're not, you're not pulling 900 pounds. <laughs> Sorry. What was his reaction after you you called him out on? Oh, uh, he, he was ticked. He was ticked <laughs> about it, and I didn't care. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's Bob Sapp. He's the beast and everything else. But I, I would have had, I would have gone in there with him. No trouble. Yeah. I would have gone in with him. No trouble. Uh, he's a big dude. I, he had no idea how to wrestle. He had uh, his cardio was next to nothing. I mean, he couldn't run without breathing hard. As you watch, <laughs> if you watch him fight, he's out of gas in yeah. two seconds. So. Seemed pretty fast. Bob, do you hear me? You hear that one? <laughs> Bob. I'm not afraid of Bob Sapp. Bob, the studio address is 1220. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll meet you down here. I'll meet you down here. Or we can call him. If you want to. See? Okay, yeah. We can call him and ask him. We can call him right now. We could do that if you want to do it. Yeah. And remind him. That's Remember hilarious. Remember when you couldn't do 900 pounds again? Uh, oh, I want to see this. That's all good. It's all good. I mean, I'm, I'm good with all that. If you want to wrestle... Here we go. Did you have to do a lot of that with, or you didn't have to do any of that? No. But I'm saying, did you do that a lot to a lot of players? Or was it kind of just him who kind of talked? He and I knew each other really well. Mm -hmm. Really, really well. I sat next to Bob Sapp and Corey Stringer and Dave Dixon for like three years. R.I.P. Corey Stringer. Uh, love him like a brother. Yeah. I think about him every day. Every yeah. day. Yeah. But look, you're not going to just sit there and make claims when I had to work my ass off to get to 745 and I thought it was pretty good for a tall guy to pull 745. I thought it was. It still is. But he I'm was doing 225 strong. ass. He was a super <laughs> He was a super, you know, he was a pretty good football player. I'm sorry. You're not just going to get to throw one like that and yeah. not have me question you. Yeah. That's the way it is. I mean, we were just talking. We were just boys sitting around the locker room, you know, and had to call him out because that's a big number. Well, let's bring let's bring it back to that Milo strength training. When you so you were doing it originally in your basement, and then somebody convinced you to partner with somebody to do it in Burnsville, right? That's kind of how it happened. I, I, I just I did it on my own because theirs was like holistic, like holistic. Yeah, they were stem cell, to, but you know it was all good. They really? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Stem cell works, dude. If you got anybody who's got stem cell, let me let me get some in my shoulders. Well, let's bring them back to life. We can do that. We can do it too. Yeah, I seriously want to talk to you about there that. Are a lot of good, there are a lot of really good things that have come out of that. Those studies. Because yeah. I am struggling. With my life right now, it didn't we'll seem like that today that. as a gym, oh, as a personal trainer. I'm putting up buckets at the gym today because they weren't hurting today. Yeah. I took it. I took two a leave this morning. Well, <laughs> anti-inflammatory, dude. I need it's it. all diet. It's a lot of diet. Uh, your your joints can can become inflamed if you're eating a lot of sugar or a lot of uh, thing. Food sensitivities can light your joints up. And if you quit doing that, I mean that may come around a lot. Well, we'll cut that all out. But I seriously want to talk to you about that because I. Mike, that's been my biggest problem. These shoulders have given me a lot of problems. I hear you on that one. I um, fight against that all, all so then, do you want to talk about the broadcasting stuff like that, like the power trip and all that? And no, 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 okay. no. I, so, I, I don't like any of them. You can keep that in there. You keep that in there. No, so no. you want to talk about it? No, we're fine. No, I, no. I just, I, you know, radio was was a hobby for me. Yeah. Leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's still a morning show that's doing very well. It is doing very well. It was my whole idea. The name Power Trip is for me. It's for me. I named it Power Trip. Well, and I mean, you got screwed. I mean, they let you go. It's fine. That that was the terror. It was just cuts. A bunch of cuts. Hit the ground running. It's okay though. 
That's yeah. right. We're good. And what uh, did you ever think about after moving on from the power trip to doing any more broadcasting? Or were you just he did. Like, I did actually. He I, did. I actually did. So there was a non compete of like six months, eight months, something like that. It was just trash. Months, is, well, I mean, and that it works it sucks, in radio really well. Yeah. yeah, it takes you off the map for a while. So you lose your mojo, you lose your vibe. You got to restart somewhere else. And Which is tr- that's so it's trash. Tough to do. It's pretty hard to do. But I, I came in with Bob Sansevier. They wanted to start a I new... Bob. I mean, Bob's a good guy. Yeah. A really good guy. And Ben Holson, who's still on over at KISS 95, I think, in the mornings. Good people. Just the chemistry and the knowledge of sports. And, and my my flavor for what I was doing with radio was a lot like this. I mean, just guys having mm-hmm. fun in a room, right? So yeah. the power trip was guys having fun in a room. I picked Chris Hockey. I picked Corey Cove. Uh, I picked Meat Sauce. I called it my mid name to Meat Sauce. Mm-hmm. That's the first name. Why did you give him Meat Sauce? Because he used to serve food for us uh, during <laughs> Vikings, Vikings vent line, uh, fan line, rather. Yeah. And um, I did vent line later with, with uh, uh, P Mac and, and Judd. But uh, so, yeah, so it was Viking fan line back then with the fan. I did 12 years of that. Yeah. 11 years of that. You've been called a couple games for the Vikes, too. I did on the first uh, Cybercast. You yeah. Could, you could call it the first Cybercast with PA. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, he served food and he was, he'd come in with his hood up and hood drawn down and talk like he like like he does. Like Bluto. Yeah. And looks like Bluto, by the way. And I just thought, he goes, you know, he leans in the room, so is everybody good? You know, anyone need more meat sauce? You know, they have it catered in from like Buka or somewhere. Like, yeah, give me some meat sauce. And by the way, you are meat sauce. Like, bring in some more meat sauce and some more meatballs too, meatball. So that stuck. And then Sludge was a sludge for a while, Corey Cove. Yeah. Uh, he was. Uh, so that's the end of that story. We'll leave it there. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it right there. We'll leave it there because that could get ugly. I kind of want to talk about some of your funny bits because one of the coolest things <laughs> that I've actually had with you is, I mean, you're a grown kid. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I, I feel like you really enjoy life and you're just a funny guy and you, you know, you crack jokes. But you're not serious. Not that you can't be serious. You can be. But yeah. you like to have fun. If someone asks me a serious question, I've got an, a serious answer for them. But if you want to have fun, I, I definitely can do that too. But I can talk about anything. Uh, I feel like I, I'm fairly well rounded uh, with the real, real life. Oh, yeah. But, but, but it's, I think we all get tired of it. I think we yeah. all get tired of the nightly news. I think we all get tired of, of what what we've kind of all become. But anyway, that's why it's much easier to stay lighter than, oh, yeah. than it is to be uh, where we're, we kind of find ourselves now. I mean, some of, some of the broadcasting uh, funny bits on the air between you eating different challenge or challenges of eating oh, but then yeah. i mean you farting on air you know one of my biggest questions were you still talking into that microphone Gosh. after you farted into it i have no trouble with that i, <laughs> I have no trouble doing that uh, what i really love knowing is that the next person up like pa would have to deal with that then too so i love that one more so yeah a little sneaky savage PA. And did, speaking of PA, did he ever pinch your sides or tickle your sides or whatever the hell he's always doing over there always make that sound yeah make that jiggly sound <laughs> oh you're so funny shut up stupid you're so stupid where do you come up with those bits anyway where do you come up with that make him make that, that jiggly sound shut up are you dumb jiggly i'm gonna jiggle you right in the, right in the ground stupid grow up stupid little sounds make puffy make make puffy do that sound grow up oh god dumb oh ass. god he's a dumbass still is has to be i'm sure he is oh. next question uh, yeah. Yeah. well we know you're a big fan of music 
Love music. Huge music fan. Let's see, I wonder who it is. Who is who? Oh, ACDC. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you remember? I love Lacey. Oh, there's the donut. That might be the donut bit. Um, could be some donuts being eaten there. Oh, yeah. That's could what you got to sign the waiver. Literally a waiver uh, for, a, case for Guinness Book of World Records. audio on that? Paul Allen just, was just reckless in this whole bit. Which, by the way, that Joe Sensors one's really good. I ate the do. beast. I did eat. I ate the beast, but I didn't eat. Uh, I think they make it bad though, so there's no flavor <laughs> to make it, so you don't want to eat it. I really believe that. I ate the that whole thing. I ate the whole thing. Savoring no. for taste. You're no. just shoveling it down and eating. You just gotta put it down. You just gotta put it. No, down. it's gotta taste somewhat good. I can't just eat that plain hamburger. That's, that's you. I would say that uh, that was seven pounds, by the way. I can't believe that. What What is the time allotment here again? Three minutes. Three minutes. Yeah. See, I don't even know how you do well, it. Turns it turns to mud right here. It turns to mud right about there. Rosen. I was going to say, that's play. a young Rosen. I'd say. Look at Tennessee over there. It was just a mess, man. Uh, I'm like, PA, go ahead and say a funny thing about white stuff again. <laughs> Way to go, dirtbag. Listening to that commentary had to be just tragic while you're trying oh, to do you that. Can't do it. Yeah, you can't do it. They tried to sabotage it. Buddy right does. here, he brings up a water bottle and starts drinking it in front of him, knowing he's thirsty. <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't drink anything during that, so you can't, uh, what else? You, you, honestly, this sounds like a PA line, but it was true. You couldn't lick your mouth to get to get, to get it off your mouth or the outside of your lips either, so <laughs> I couldn't even do that. They, that was part of the rules in Guinness. That's and weird. It wasn't going to happen, man. It just wasn't going to happen. No way. It was chalk cement right now. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's not good. It's not going to happen. If they were glazed, you'd be able to hammer them. Oh. Glazed, you'd be really, able to throw them down. That was the down. sickest I ever got on, on, on the air. Was I took uh, 12 Krispy Kremes and balled them into one ball. And I ate it all for, oh. in like, two or three bites. And put it down. <laughs> I got really sick on that. That was a sugar rush. that made. I got so sick, man. I had to get up and leave the studio on that one. They literally had to do the show without me because I went into a sugar rush. Like, oh my god, it was the worst thing ever. Was the one pound Snickers not that bad? You had twenty minutes anything, to do didn't that. Didn't do anything to me, man. I did it in like nineteen minutes, twenty minutes. So, this is like terrible. I could have thrown up right there. <laughs> See it in your face. Huh? Oh, so you I was gonna ask, how are you feeling? Like, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. It's not gonna happen. I'm like, yeah, it's over. You're like, I used to play in the NFL, and yeah. this is what's going And I got stopped with six minis, <laughs> six mini donuts. Yeah, hey, those are regulation size. Those yeah, aren't mini. I'm you what, man. Are th those, were, those were bigger donuts. Yeah, you? those are not mini donuts. No, those yeah, are regulation. Dude, donuts. you could have six mini donuts yeah. like that. Yeah, well, yeah, you'd think so. I like the chocolate ones. Are super, oh, they'd be super easy. They're tough. Yeah, they're real oh, good. well, that didn't work so well. Win some, lose some. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the music stuff, though. That's how I got my, my start in radio. They started coming in the locker room and hearing my music that I was playing in my locker. So one one thing leads to another. And, the, and Sam Sigelman and Doug Westerman and Jack Roberts, they were at the fan right at, right at the beginning of the years of the fan. They said, you got to come in and do like you know, like the, the Mike Morris top 10 heavy metal list or something like that. Yeah. Okay. You know, Okay. That's how it started. I didn't have a communications background. I, I didn't do any of that. Yeah. So I just, I could do radio. I could, I could just do radio, mm -hmm. which it turned out to be okay. It, 
you know, I, I found out I proved to myself I could get up and go every day and do radio. That, that's all there was to it. But it was the music that started all that stuff. So on the show, on the power trip, you know, you'd lead in with metal and kick out with metal and bump in and out with metal music. But I love it. I still do. It fuels all the workouts. It's still the still the mainstay in the in Milo. Well, you know the other uh, crazy thing that actually I'm bummed about the power trip. When you led it, you know you ended always with some sort of salute to the military. Yeah, the true superstar. You don't do that anymore. The true superstar. Yeah. Well, I I don't think they 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 honored that as being my deal, so they okay. couldn't go with that bit anymore. But. Yeah, that got a lot of uh, that got a lot of playtime. I went like twelve years with that. Yeah, that was awesome. Nine eleven, I did one of those every day on the show. So without fail, it was a different player who had. Uh, I, I just said player, a different, a different soldier who had fallen overseas uh, in the military. So I did uh, the true superstar for eleven years. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I, I enjoyed doing that. I, that was super awesome. I got to know the troops really well that way uh, they they invited me to come over they could hear the show over there my morning show was played real time nine hours difference in uh, Iraq so mm-hmm. they would listen to me at dinner like yeah. you know or whatever in the middle of the day and uh, they said you gotta come out here you know I was getting invites from the troops to come out to to Iraq uh, to Basra uh, to the army base and so I went out there in, in 2009 I went out there for a couple of weeks that's cool. What was that like? They got the Red Bulls, man. The Red Bulls. That, yeah, it was life changing. Yeah. Life changing. You think uh, you think you got it all figured out until you go over there and find out what, what people are going through. So, yeah, oil wells on fire. Everything. You name it. They're, they're 125 degrees every day. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Sheesh. So I went and shot with them a little bit. They took me out on the range and let me shoot and stuff like that. But it was a uh, that was an eye opener. Yeah, eight or nine years, uh, about nine days in Basra, and about three or four days getting in and out of uh, of Kuwait. You know, because you have the green card thing, you have to go. You're being, you're entering a war. Yeah. So you get, you have to do it the right way. But it, yeah, so it was quite. It was educational and uh, humbling, and uh, and you know when you come back home that you you got a pretty good place to live. Yeah. No question. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Thank thank God for our freedom, right? No question. Um. You know, the other thing that I was reading is you're a big sports cars guy. <laughs> sports car? That's what it said. Not at all. Not true. Honestly, yeah. I, no, I know. Not at all. It said your favorite hobbies are music, sports cars, and tie-dye shirts is what the Vikes and, had. And other than the tie-dye <laughs> shirts, those are just two very broad. I know. Genres. Isn't that weird? Like music and sports cars. Um, uh, my dad sold cars, as we know. Okay. Uh, I do the Dodge Ram thing. Yep. I yep, which the commercials are hilarious. We're featured in, in uh, Sports Illustrated and Sport Magazine. Uh, big pictures, big things on both of those. All black t-shirts. I had 700, 800 black t-shirts, not one tie-dye. Not one. So that's crazy. I don't it's know why they said that. Yeah, that, that was literally something all, that the Vikings and pulled right from their site. Sports cars? No. Not, I mean... My dad sold car. I don't know. I don't know how they got that. I, oh yeah, that's car, a that's a terrible racing. way for us to end this. No, I, feel, I, know, man, I hate I'm that. I'm pissed about it. We got to start this all over trash again. It, trash the desk. We'll cut it back and then yeah. We'll, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry about that, but I don't. No. I don't. Tie dye. I've never even worn one. No, I don't know, man. Honest to God, we can we can get you in here like once a week and we can tie dye some shirts. We'll film it, throw it up. Hey, look, superstar Billy Graham tomorrow. I'm gonna wear one, and and I'll conform to that. Look. Watch, here it comes. It's gonna be where's it? Where's that? He's gonna point it out to us. 
got, uh, oh, there's a superstar yeah. Billy Graham story too. Okay, well, wow, it. there it is. Yeah. Okay, well, Tie the reference. See, I liked his style. I liked the superstars' style, but I, I certainly did not try to become Jesse the Body Ventura and yeah. do the tie dye like he did. I was black rock and we got t-shirts. A, we got to talk Harley to Harley Davidson motorcycles and. So it was Harley. I mean, it was. I had an Indian motorcycle for a long time. I had. I had. Uh, you still Harleys. like Indian? I love Indian. You know, I have to talk. I'll set you up with my guy at Polaris because they own Indian. I have to get you. Well, that'd be cool. They probably they, have I mean, you out there. I thought that uh, Fury, I bought mine from Fury Motors. But. Pretty sure they bought Indian, and uh, I'm sure I can get you out there to test drive some of their newest stuff if you ever want to do something like that. Chiefs out there, that'd be fun. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to set you up with that. That'd be a cool way to end the show. At least me setting you up with that. I <laughs> feel be a lot nice better deal. making that'd up be a with nice it. Nice little deal for you to, uh, to uh, redeem yourself. On that. <laughs> yeah, little, little try to right come there. through. <laughs> come through. I did uh, the first uh, ride for life for the Vikings. Ragnar and I put together the first ride for life, 2,500 bikes uh, mm-hmm. from. Um, the Metrodome down to Mankato yep. to kick off the season. And we had 2,500 bikes. So maybe that's what they were talking about, but it wasn't sports cars. I, okay. Although I love Hellcats and Demons and Dodge stuff. Yeah. Uh, I still do the Dodge commercials. Uh, for, for We got all those. We're going to be throwing them in the show. We'll edit them in. Ugh, those are, those are, they're fun to do, but I mean, like, I they're do funny. what they tell me to do. My know, favorite's the right. van when he opens the van. You're like, what are you doing, Star? Put out the vibe. Yeah, you are. You put out the vibe. Out the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> That's from what movie? That's from uh, uh, Dumb, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, Jim Carrey at the put bar. The put out the vibe, yeah. I still love right when he's like, God, nice set of hooters you got there. Right. Classics. What? The owls. The owls. <laughs> Pat Croft, when he came on the show, he wrote uh, Airplane and he wrote yep. um, Bachelor Party and some of those older movies. But he's fun to kick kick it around with too. He's another. Friend. All the jokes. Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Anyway, but yeah, the Dodge of Burnsville was good to me, and I've, I've been doing their spots for him for, for six years. But I don't know how they got cars out of that. <laughs> oh. well, I know little kids are coming up to you and asking you how you're in those commercials. Say, I know you from this. Yeah, you know, little guy in the elevator. Are you the king of Ram? Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. It's also like the last thing I list in my credit. <laughs> it's also the very last thing I talked about that was worthwhile. So, yeah, I've been lucky. I've been lucky. Yeah, I've been lucky. I've gotten to do a lot of a lot of really cool stuff. Right? Yeah, you uh, have from radio to football to lifting to, you name it. So, I mean, you've done a lot of commercials, but yeah, that's the superstar truck, by the way. '68. There's my dad and my uncle who taught me lifting. You're in the, the picture left. in the back with your I'm mom. There. That's me. Yeah, that's me. So a lot of history in that picture. So six years ago, I think that was our first one that we did. Um, yeah, so pretty fun. That was fun. You gonna start growing out the beard again? Oh God, I've had I've had beard issues uh, in the past. I have some big ones, some long ones, with a with a, a mohawk braided, slightly braided. I <laughs> wouldn't you right? I've done everything. I've done everything. Superstar, I'm really, really, really appreciative of you coming out here. I know it was a drive, but we appreciate your time, uh, and it was yeah, a lot of fun. You. Enjoyed it. Enjoy uh, talking with you and uh, your relationship that you have with Mike Tice, and uh, meeting you guys. And uh, anytime we want to do it, let's do it again. Let's do it, I man. We love to have you in all the time. Yeah,